We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Jack Manuel here for another Brooklyn Buzz, joined by regular co-host, regular guest, Justin Thomas. Justin, how are we, my friend? Doing well, doing well. Just avoiding all this uh, smoke smog in the air. These uh, wildfires in Canada are going crazy, but... We live to fight another day and uh, excited to jump uh, jump aboard the pod. Let's do it. Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. And we wish everyone a hope well around the world, wherever you are right now. Make sure you're staying healthy, staying fit, staying good. Take care of each other. In saying that, Justin, let's. I want to get your just preliminary thoughts on the whole Damian Lillard chatter. Nick and I did an episode the other day. I've let my thoughts be known on that one with Nick. He's had his trade out there, all that good stuff. But I haven't really talked to you overly about it. Let the listeners know... What are your just general thoughts about the Damian Lillard rumors, Damian Lillard heading to Brooklyn? What are your thoughts, Justin? Um, you know, anticipation, excitement. I kind of feel it feels like we've been here before. Uh, just I remember, you know, four years ago when it was the whole, oh, where's Kyrie Irving going? And then like kind of the chatter started building up and it's like, oh, oh, maybe the Nets could be a, a play in, in play here. Um, that's what it kind of feels like. I mean, as a Jet fan for football, it kind of is kind of like a deja vu situation with like the whole Aaron Rodgers thing where it's like, all right, you, you keep seeing hints, you keep seeing the writing on the wall, but there's nothing concrete, nothing evident until like, obviously we get that report from in an insider. But over the past week we've seen, I mean, uh, Dame was on the, uh, on the Showtime podcast a few days ago saying like his top picks were 
Miami and Brooklyn, you know, just because of his relationships with Bam and Mikhail Bridges. Uh, Chris Haynes today was saying that, yeah, Dame's choices, if he had to go, would be Miami or Brooklyn. So it's it's an exciting time. It's, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited, I, 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 I dare I say, um, because it's something that, hey, Dame should have been a net, like, you know, decades ago. But that's, you know, that's for the OG net fans. But de- de- definitely feel confident that something's going to shake soon. Um and I feel like we're all just going to be very excited, you know, in the coming days or coming weeks, you know, we'll be able to turn the tide and start a new chapter for Brooklyn Nets basketball. Yeah, I think it's about three weeks or so where we, you know, come around draft time. That's where things will really start to heat up. But in saying that, Justin, on to the sort of drafting, a question that I put to to you and I have in our Google Doc and our rundown is, I guess, the Nets' direction at the draft. Nick did a great episode with Joe McCarr diving deep into prospects and, and the like, but the Nets have two picks this year, 21 and 22. What do you think happens to those picks? Does does one of them or both of them go in a Damian Lillard trade? Do you think that the Nets keep one to use on a prospect? We've heard Ray and Rupert, um, he played down here in, in New Zealand in the Southern Hemisphere for, during the NBL. Bit of an international prospect has been highly linked to the Nets. What are your general thoughts about the Nets' direction heading into the draft in, I guess, a month, a couple of weeks' time? It's interesting, right? Because there's a lot of, it feels like a lot of moving parts at the time, at right at this second, because you don't know what the Nets are going to do in terms of what the Blazers might want in a Damian Lillard package if they want to include picks for this year. Um, you know, we've had Nets players linked to other teams, you know, the Pistons, maybe they want to move off of Marvin Bagley or, uh, you know, what people have been talking about for probably the last two years, maybe a Miles Turner trade. So there's a lot of things going on right now. And it, it's this year's draft picks feel less important than the draft picks that the Nets have acquired and accumulated um, in their tradings of, you know, their big three with James Harding, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. You know, I'm looking at some of their draft picks. Yeah, they have three draft picks this year one of their own in the first round, obviously the one from Phoenix, and they have the second rounder. But you scroll down, right? You have a bunch of picks in 2029. I believe you have four in 2028, you know? And I think what you're really looking for, and I think a lot of teams are looking for right now, is those Phoenix picks. I think those Phoenix picks are really important because you have no idea what's going to happen with Phoenix in a year, two years, or even three years. Um, If that Kevin Durant experiment is going to fail and they end up bottoming out, you know, those picks could be worth gold. Gold, excuse me. Um, same with the Mavericks, right? You have their 2029 pick. Yeah, I know they're trying, you know, Kyrie's trying to recruit LeBron to Dallas. Um, Dallas has a decision to make on his contract. But, hey, you know, we've seen these super teams implode. We're, we're, we are like, you know, we're experts at it at this point. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty with these teams. And I feel like those picks in particular are the most important when it comes to trading, especially around draft draft night. The Nets are no stranger to drafting. I'm sorry, no stranger to trading around draft night. I mean, I remember the Brooke Lopez trade happened, what, like three or four days before the actual NBA draft. So Sean Marks is is, is no stranger to, to to doing things, you know, right at the buzzer, quote unquote, of draft night. Um, in terms of where the Nets go, maybe they trade one of them away. They keep one. I, you know, I know you guys have done, um, you know, mock draft things and stuff like that. Uh, Dariq Whitehead is somebody that I could see the Nets um, looking for. In this draft, if he falls to that, I know he just had a second foot surgery, but he's a three and D type player. Very, very good catch and shoot guy. Maybe he's somebody that if the Nets were to 
move off of Dorian Finney-Smith or a, you know, Royce O'Neal in a potential trade around draft night. That's something that they keep just to, you know, just replenish the stock. You know, you you, you don't want to, obviously the Nets have a lot of 3 and D wing players. They have a surplus of it right now. And you know what, that they're, they're hot commodities for win now teams, but you don't want to, you know, just empty the cupboard, right? You want to have at least something to take back. And so if I had to guess, Barring any trade, I think the Nets will stand packed with at least one draft pick in the first round uh, in this year's draft. Yeah, we know Sean Marks, when it comes to those late picks, can find you know diamonds in the rough. You know, for all the people who can say what you want about Karis LeVert, you know, quality NBA player for a late first rounder, you take that. Nicholas Claxton, start of the second round, you know, quality all NBA defensive caliber player, defensive player of the year player, most improved player. Of the you know, just throw all that sort of stuff in there. He knows how to sort of do those things. I'm pretty confident with what he can do with what the Nets have right now. And you alluded to, you know, the different assets that the Nets do have and, you know, what could happen, you know, with the Damian Lillard trade or possibly something else. We, we have no idea. Pascal Siakam, you know, Nick and I threw out different targets th- throughout this offseason. But, yeah, I think you alluded to a prospect in Whitehead. I sort of said a Ray and Rupert who, you know, is a, a really young guy, a, a really sort of projecty sort of dude, probably Matisse-style sort of like. Again, I think Joe and, and Nick touched on, on him as more of a sort of prospect type. And I just don't want both of them to be used because it's like Darren Sharp, Cam Thomas. It's just like, do we need to use both of these guys? You know, Darren Sharp, Cam Thomas, Kessler Edwards, all of those guys. And you can make an argument that Kessler Edwards might have the best upside of being a quality rotation player. Cam Thomas has the highest ceiling. There's no doubt about that. And Darren Sharp probably has more talent than Kessler Edwards does too. But in terms of being just like a rotation player, you know, Robert Covington sort of type, you know, Kessler Edwards can be that. So it'll be interesting to see what does happen. I'm totally intrigued. I have no idea. I think there were just, I think as you alluded to, the amount of moving parts that are available, you know, it's anyone's guess on what could happen. You know, it could be just be, you know, the Nets take all these picks and Damian Lillard decides to stay in Portland. But alluding to the, the Ryan Rupert sort of thing, I've read that Portland have also worked him out as well, despite the fact that he's, he's said to be a sort of late first rounder. And it's just like, well, Portland and Brooklyn have both worked him out. And I don't know if you've read the dots in between there. I think it was Mike Scott reporting that. But if both those teams worked him out, it's just, is there something there? It's sort of like, you know, the Brian Windhorst meme. Hmm, I wonder why that's going on. So something to keep in mind. But yeah, the draft is rapidly approaching. We've got plenty of content on it. Justin just gave some pretty analytical, per- perfect sort of thoughts around that. Listen to Joe Money McCarr in that last episode with Nick as well. We'll probably maybe try and get some more out there. But in terms of the offseason as well, Justin, we've heard more stuff around Cam Johnson and his restricted free agency. And I think this was via Jake Fisher, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in terms of an offer for Cam Johnson. The Nets apparently are planning to match any, quote, realistic offer for Cam Johnson this offseason. Now, the Houston Rockets have been the ones that have been highly linked to him. What would you define as a realistic offer, Justin? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, man. If I had to guess, no, I'm going to be generous. I'll go 19.5 mil, bring it for four years. And I know the Nets have um, a lot of things involved with their luxury tax apron and things like that. And I know, you know, if if, if you move off of guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal, um, to move off those expirings, it will actually help in terms of, you know, the financial aspect of, the, the Cam Johnson thing is, and I know Sean Marks has said that he doesn't want to just go into the luxury tax and the repeater tax just to do it. Um, so obviously if the Nets are going to do this they they expect to compete, they expect to win. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's funny because now we're, the Nets are on the opposite side of it, right? Sean Marks for a while was always going after other teams, restricted free agents, right? Remember the Allen Crabb situation. He finally got his guy after like how many times he wanted him. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson from, you know, the, uh, the heat and Tyler Johnson always makes the joke. He says like, Oh yeah. You know, my mom loves Sean Marks because he gave us all this money. Now did Tyler Johnson live up to that contract? <laughs> you know, that's a different story, but um, you know, I, I think, from what it sounds like right now, the Nets very, very much want Cam Johnson back. You know, he's all over their social medias. Even today, they posted, you know, four pictures of him and Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges has put under uh, comments in social media, like, oh, pay this man. And I think for what the Nets are building, right, and if they are really focused on building around Mikel Bridges and maybe you bring in Damian Lillard, right, I think you have to bring back Cam Johnson, right? Now, if you end up trading Mikel Bridges – um somewhere else whether it's to portland to, to anywhere right then maybe you have that conversation of all right may, is cam johnson the right guy to have or do we want to break the bank in terms of matching what houston is doing if we've already sent away his buddy right and we're going in a different direction is it worth it but at this point i really do think the nets want him back they've said all the right things cj you know cam johnson says he wants to be here so i think it's just a case of not if, but when, um, and I know that the Rockets have a lot of promising things going on right now. They just have Ime Adoka. A lot of good coaches are going to his coaching staff. They have some young talent down there, but I think for what the Nets are building and what Cam Johnson sees at this point in his career, I think the best fit for him is in Brooklyn and, you know, anywhere between 18 to 20 mil, I'm going to settle at 19.5, you know, four years. But I think that in that range is where I see the Nets, uh, giving the money to Cam. And you know what? I really do think that he might take a little bit of a discount to come back to Brooklyn, as opposed to maybe taking one, two, maybe three million extra a year to go down to Houston. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, you can't put a price on, on comfort and, and friendship, I guess. <laughs> this is a Pixar movie, but it, it kind of sounds like it. But in, in saying that, as you alluded to, you read the tea leaves of of what is happening in terms of the Nets' direction and, and, and all the different little things here and there about you know who they're going to trade for, what they're going to do on draft night. Do they want to keep Cam Johnson? Well, look at social media. Just look at the Twitter pages. Look at the Instagram pages. All of that in terms of the love that they have for Cam Johnson in that franchise. Now, 
what does that mean in terms of translating that into restricted free agency and the contract offer? I don't know. I think that there there's probably a limit to it. Like whether that number exceeds 25 million is probably probably the number where it's like you know four years 100. Yeah, I think Mikael Bridges is on something like four years, ninety million dollars. It's just like give them the, give them the same deal, make them the twins even more so that they're paid the exact same amount of money. But I, I honestly think that Cam Johnson might get more <clears throat> just because of the nature of this class. There's being quite dull and weak in terms of the strength at the position that Cam Johnson is in. He's one of the the higher caliber players within that, and you know, is a Houston going to go all in? They're going to get James Harden and some other guys and and try and compete for the playoffs, you know, next year. And Cam Johnson might be a piece there. We're seeing the playoffs now. Your sort of third, fourth best player can have an impact on the game. You know, a Caleb Martin, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. hasn't been that great, but if I've Cam Johnson as my sort of third, fourth best player in the rotation during the postseason, I'm pretty bloody comfortable with the the nature of my five and my starting five especially. So it'll be intriguing. I think 25 million per annum. I know that Sean Marks in the past, you know, more so when you know Katie Kyrie and the DeAndre Jordan sort of stuff came around. There was a lot of cap machinations that they went around and sort of found little deals and bonuses here or there that allowed them to lessen certain things and find certain ways to acclimatize and, and make the, the right deal for them. So we'll see how it all pans out, but I'm I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic when, when it does come to that. And we'll see how it does pan out in, in relation to that, I guess, Justin. But we'll get to the assistant coaching ranks now and... The Nets have made a couple of additions. We had Kevin Ollie being uh, the big addition and the Nets G League coach as well being uh, promoted to the front office after having a big year, Ronnie Burrell. What were your thoughts on these additions? I know we've chatted about James Borrego in the past. You know, you and I a little bit. He's heading to New Orleans, I believe. But uh, how are you feeling? Because this sort of, I don't know if this signals a direction of development, but I, I, I think that there is quality, especially in a, in a guy like Kevin Ollie and a, a guy like um, Ronnie Burrell as well, finding success in the G League, you know, develop the young guys behind the scenes and even guys that are at their age right now. I think there's plenty of growth in a Mikhail Bridges and a Cam Johnson. So getting guys that have proven to develop, Kevin Ollie with USC and the G League Ignite, Ronnie Burrell with the G League, I think is going to add something to the Nets next season because... I was wondering, I'm like, why haven't we hired another guy after Jacques Vaughn was you know, promoted? I think Joe Sowell is probably just trying to save a bit of cash. Can't blame him, I guess. But in saying that, these additions seem positive. Am I wrong? Uh, I was excited when I saw the uh, notification that said Kevin Ali was going to be joining the next staff. Um, just he's a guy that I remember when I was in college, he was the coach of UConn. He won the championship um you know with the with that husky squad uh got a bad rap some messy situation in UConn as to why he wasn't the coach anymore um you know but again just just excited and I think what's cool about this is I feel like Vaughn is finally getting like his staff like yet a lot of layover and, and and rollover from the the Nash you know tenure and you had a lot of guys that were on the bench this year that weren't necessarily Jock Vaughn hand-picked guys you know, now you're starting to see Jock Vaughn mold this coaching staff into the way that he wants, right? And he has relationships with these guys. Obviously, he, he has a relationship with with with, with uh, Kevin Ollie, right? You know, two former uh, net guards, you know, obviously not playing at the same time, but you know, that's still pretty cool to see. Um, and I think what you just what, what you just said earlier, it's 
trending towards a path of development. And I think that's where the Nets kind of like, you know, their bread was buttered. That's where a lot of people really found out about the Nets a few years ago when it was the D'Angelo Russell and Chris LeVert and Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie and like all, all these reclamation projects. And they're just developing these guys and you have the D-Lo all-star year. And it's like, oh, wow, this is great. And then you go a completely different direction to a win now situation. You don't see that development. And we kind of saw that with some of the younger guys and that's have drafted over the past few years where it's like, all right, they're not taking the strides that we want to see, right? Kessel Edwards, Edwards didn't take that next step that we want to see. De'Aaron Sharp didn't take that next step that we want to see. You know, Cam Thomas, like, like you said, or and alluded to earlier, his ceiling is tremendous, but we didn't really see much in terms of development of other aspects, aspects of his game other than like, oh, wow, he's just gotten even better scoring. Um, so with this, you have Kevin Ollie, right? A guy that's used to coaching younger players, right? Uh, he's very relatable in the locker room. As I, I believe uh, earlier in the year, like probably a few years ago when interviewed, like he was on that that young Oklahoma city thunder team. And you had guys like Kevin Durant and Jeff green talking about how much of an impact he was in the locker room, right? He wasn't an everyday player. He came off the bench, right? I think he only played like 55 games, but that type of guy, if you're getting praise from guys like Kevin Durant and Jeff green, who's one of the most respected guys in the NBA right now, um, if you're getting that type of praise and love, that must mean you're doing something right. And so I think Kevin Ali will bring a, a breath of fresh air to the nets a new voice, somebody that can relate to the players a little bit better. Uh, same with the G League coach, right? I mean, he had a fantastic season with with, with, with the Long Island Nets. 16 straight wins. Uh, coach of the year. Led him to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, And he's a guy that's been in the organization. He's not somebody from the outside. He's somebody that, that the guys know. Cam Thomas knows him. Daron Sharp knows him, right? The Whatever rookie that gets brought in is probably going to see a lot of him in you know the rookie training camps and things like that. So... I believe that the Nets coaching staff is moving in the right direction just because it's a more hand-picked thing, not being something that's being strewn together just because you have big names. Yeah, it was great when we had Ime Doka on the bench. You know, and, wow, I can't I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of the Rockets coach that we had. Mike D'Antoni. Um, Mike D'Antoni, yes. Um, it was cool when we had that and everything was, more, was, was working perfectly. But then when they leave, you know, we're left with Royale Ivy and we're left with a bunch of guys. It was like, yeah, like they're, they're cool guys. Like they interact with fans. They, you know, you know them, but like, what are they doing to help the, the team succeed? And I know like it's, it's crazy to really put so much emphasis on assistant coaching, but assistant coaching does matter. And I think a head coach having that comfortability with his staff and guys that he trusts and knows that he can go into battle with. Uh, is definitely important. So this is definitely a step in the right direction uh, for the Nets. I know they probably have a few more spots to fill, uh, which will get filled and we'll, you know, probably have another podcast about, oh, wow, they brought in this guy. But, you know, until then, I think they're they're, they're definitely trending in the right way. Yeah, and the quote that Kevin Durant told Grantland probably like a decade ago now, he said, Kevin Ollie was a game changer for us. He changed the whole culture in OKC. His mindset, professionalism every single day every single day and we all watched that and we wanted to be like that it rubbed off on muscle rest book myself jeff green james harden so if he could bring that professionalism you know the the standards i think that's that's nothing but a positive thing i think he's gonna fit in well with, uh, alongside jacques vaughn you know on the in, in the front row of the coaching bench so it's i think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how things progress you know with the assistant coaching ranks as you alluded to jacques vaughn getting some of his guys there and seeing how that impacts the team because i think that Unless you are 
you know, LeBron James, you know, you can always use a, a good assistant coach to, to develop you, to understand your game and, and continue to, pro- to progress you. No one is ever perfect. You know, there's always room for improvement as much as we love our guys. So uh, speaking of near perfect, it, Mikhail Bridges, Justin will finish with this one. Um, a couple of, oh, it would have been a couple of days ago now, he was added to the US Team USA FIBA team that'll be heading to Vegas uh, in a, a little bit of time to compete in the FIBA championships. What were your thoughts on Mikael Bridges and a few other names? Now, we know that these Team USA stuff, it's what brought KD and Kyrie together alongside DeAndre Jordan. Anthony Edwards is going to be there. Do you reckon Mikael Bridges can get an Anthony Edwards year to, to you know, hitch his wagon and, and come down to, to BK? Uh, because, look, who knows? Or, or, at the same time, massive congratulations uh, to Mikael Bridges. A, a thoroughly deserved honor for him. But you know, th- there could be some things behind the scenes. Mikael Bridges is a pretty friendly guy. I think a lot of players that will be uh, representing uh, your country are, are going to do a lot of stuff um, in terms of the socials and all that sort of fun thing. And who knows what could happen? Brooklyn in a couple of years' time could be an intriguing team, an intriguing destination with Mikael Bridges leading us. Yeah, I see it as a twofold positive thing, right? On the one hand, I think it's great that Mikael got selected to this honor. It gives him another chance to play basketball, right? Uh, just to improve his game, uh, you know, show that it wasn't just a flash in the pan that these the 27 games he played for the Nets and, you know, the four playoff games outside of game four, you know, wasn't just an illusion uh, that he really is this type of guy, this type of player, this type of scorer. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people on the a lot of good young players on this USA team, you know, you mentioned Ann Edwards. Um, how can we forget, obviously, Austin Reeves? Um, but it, it, I think it's going to be good for him to get some more basketball played. Um, I'm not worried about the wear and tear. I know a lot of, a lot of people always worry about their guys going, you know, to FIBA or the Olympics. And it's like, oh, there's just more wear and tear in their bodies. But as we've seen, Mikhail Bridges is an Ironman. You know, he's somebody that loves to be in the gym, loves to be on the floor. Um, so this is, this, this is no problem. And, to what you just said, the recruiting aspect, we see a lot. We've heard a lot of stories about, you know, players, free agency, you know, type things. They're talking, you know, obviously they talk throughout the season. They talk, they go on vacations together. These guys are always at working out together. But, you know, to be amongst, you know, 12, 13 other guys talking like, hey, you know, yo, we're building something here in Brooklyn. And especially if, you know, the Nets end up getting Dame, you know, maybe you don't go after another big star but maybe there's a role player that's on this FIBA team that the Nets could probably pursue in free agency or via trade that would want to come to the Nets, come with Mikael Bridges, come with possibly Cam Johnson and Dame Lillard or whoever the Nets have at the time. Um, so at, like, like I said, it's, it's a twofold good thing that will happen. Um, excited to see what, what he does on the court. Excited to see how he plays with some of these guys. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's an exciting time. I mean, it's not the Olympics, doesn't have the allure of the Olympics, but at the same time, FIBA is still, very important. Um, he's going to be going up against, you know, NBA talent from across the world. So it's, it's, it's going to be a good test for, for both his basketball game and his uh, political aspects as well. Exciting times ahead, Nets World. Justin, as always, appreciate you for jumping on the pod. Make sure that you stick around, guys. We've got some more content. Nick's got an episode coming this weekend as well. And Nets World, we are riding. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.